Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 197. I'm Schmitty. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. Colin unfortunately drowned at a flood at his work recently. And believe it or not, this time I'm only half joking. <laughs> No ninjas were involved in... No ninjas, no, no. Are we certain a, of that? No. We we could never be certain. Ninjas may have been involved, but in truth, uh, Colin's work actually did flood, um, and uh, from what we understand, he is currently involved in the cleanup efforts uh, and the rescue efforts. Many small children are trapped under desks at work or something. Under desks or on desks? Because under desks doesn't make a lot of sense. Because don't you go up to escape the rising flood waters, not down? Well, they could have been confused. They be are children. Some type of gas that floats to the ceiling. The, the very fact <laughs> there was a flood happening in an office complex, I would have been pretty confused, too. Uh, all rules are thrown out the window at that point <laughs> when it starts flooding indoors. Yeah. Outside's totally dry. Indoors, however, it's the Amazon. Um, hey, we want to give a shout-out to all of our radio pals. Also, you can find us on Stitcher, um, iTunes, Zoom. I think that's still around. MSN Music. <laughs> And anywhere you can find podcasts. Also at StolenDroids.com. Also want to give a shout out to our friends at 48-14. Um, 4814 Hosting, the best WordPress hosting you'll ever find. And Eagle Moss Limited. Eagle Moss Limited for the most film-accurate Star Trek miniatures. Check out our site. You can see the banner up at the top. Go ahead and click on that banner for a special introductory offer where you can get some pretty awesome ships for a pretty low price. Absolutely. That sounded pretty good. I, I need to use that line f- from now on. <laughs> I've only been doing it for a year and a half. Hey, um, not only were we not that offensive last uh, the, two weeks ago, uh, we managed to be even more offensive last week, and we got some feedback from it. Were we more offensive? <laughs> Evidently, uh, in particular with one person, uh, says, Hello, Stolen Droids gang. I just wanted to say that I really enjoy listening to the podcast, especially while working. Monday at 6 p.m., I am listening. I'm listening to the show while I'm working. I deliver mail in Salt Lake City. Monday night at 6, I still had an hour's worth of mail. My feet were half frozen, and I've been outside since 9 a.m. I couldn't run to stay warm because of numb feet and freezing icy sidewalks, but I had my super sweet podcast to listen to to pass time. And then I hear Zoner say, I don't trust the government. I can't even get my mail on time. <laughs> Whoa there, Silver. <laughs> I just wanted to complain and pretend like I'm offended. Little info, mail isn't government. It's just federally regulated because the post office is a monopoly. And on time, you're killing me. I can only hope he gave his mail carrier something for Christmas for dealing with people like him. Anyways, I assume Zoner expected this email. And I am for our net neutrality only because AT&T is, such, is being such douchebags about the whole thing. And I have taken Uber quite a few times because in Utah, mass transit is a joke. And Uber is an alcoholic stream. Yes, I have a car too, but driving isn't always safe. Thanks for the podcast. Thanks for insulting me as well. Ashley. I knew that was from her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ashley. This is good, though. And the reason I say this is because um, I'm not the only one who offends Ashley now. Though you actually had to offend her livelihood. I just offend her by me talking so much. It's just my voice that, that riles her up. I, You know, I, I got to do some disclosure here. I've been offending Ashley for probably close to 40 years now. <laughs> just saying. I, I know Ashley outside. I won't say how I know her. But it's not in like any weird way. 
Um, You've been bothering her since before I was born. Yeah, I've I've known <laughs> Ashley for many many years, and I'm sure this is not going to be the last time that I offend her. And I think that that was just a challenge. <laughs> challenge accepted. Yes. Okay. Um, do we have any other feedback? Did you guys get anything? I didn't get anything. No. Nobody likes me. No. Because I, get, I offend okay. them, evidently. That's your feedback. <laughs> Can I just say, I find it hilarious that we have insulted Canada, Korea, China, different states of the Union, most of Europe, um, and all of Hollywood. And the first thing that actually gets us a complaint <laughs> is you say a line about mail carriers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we don't try hard enough. We don't know those right buttons to push. You know, uh, leave thing- it to them to go postal. I-, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I see what you did there. I'm clever like that. No, not really. Okay. Well, <laughs> Thank you, know, you I Ashley. Was, I was actually thinking earlier tonight, we are coming up on uh, episode 200 here very soon. And when you figure that out, that's been an episode a week for 200 weeks which is like four years. I'm amazed. I am amazed that that's really like the first complaint we've elicited other than you guys don't know what you're talking about regarding the economic (laughs) factors of That wasn't so much an insult, though. I mean, I think we probably insulted Ruff by trying to talk about economics. More of just putting us in our place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He was was a gentle rebuke saying, shut up. (laughs) And and I'm cool with that, but I'm also cool with Ashley saying that she was offended by that because it makes me giggle inside. You know what's really great is the fact that this podcast has now lasted longer than my first marriage. Wow. Six, six minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> oh, you I mean the run? Last, okay. um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I think it's lasted longer than my mother's two first two marriages combined. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So there's Was that, that happy note? <laughs> there really isn't much segue from that. That that's kind of that's an uncomfortable your mom joke waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go into other uncomfortable news then and talk about some hacks that have happened. <laughs> Sausage away from that. <laughs> from Zoner's mom? Yeah, let, let's do that. Um Okay, so Sony Obviously. Hacked. Okay, whatever. New light has come out this week, though, that points that it may have actually been done by angry ex-employees. Yeah. Which is interesting because the government really doesn't want to latch on to that possibility at all. Well, because the government already went on record saying they'll deal with North Korea in their own time and then potentially did. Allegedly did. Allegedly, yes. Didn't Kim Jong-un come out and say, yeah, the U.S. did this? No. I, I, th- I think I, I thought I heard that. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I just because, it. according to him, the U.S. isn't capable of doing it. It was by his divine will that the Internet went down uncontrollably. Yeah, you know, it's crazy all the stuff you can do when you, you're not div- distracted by things like electricity. <laughs> no candy crush for them. No candy, actually. Just a lot of crushing. Um, <laughs> of souls. Yes. Political dissident crush. It's the newest game there. So, you know the greatest thing? They'll never write in with feedback. We could say anything. There are no Ashleys in North Korea. Okay. 
There's probably a few roughs. But. I, 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 I'm thinking there's probably a few Kim Jong Ashley. <laughs> doesn't that doesn't even make sense? <laughs> <laughs> I know it doesn't, but it sounded funny in my head. Yeah. So uh, the security firm that was hired for this um, has pointed out a lot of evidence, and it turns out that they may have actually. And, and I'm, I'm reading another article that kind of pointed into this as well, and I get the feeling that they're speculating, but there is rumor going around that the Lizard Squad, who took down the PlayStation Network and the Xbox Live Network over Christmas, may have actually helped the Sony hackers. But again, I haven't seen that story corroborated anywhere else, so I would file that under rumor for now. I think it might just be a journalist grasping at straws trying to figure out who this 4chan guy is. (laughs) (laughs) You just made the same joke I was going to make. I know. We've been doing this too long together. Yeah. Um, So that's embarrassing, I guess, um, that we were going after North Korea. Um, By the way, I've seen the interview now. I saw it between last week and this week. Um, it is a dumb comedy. There are some genuinely hilarious parts of it, but for the most part, I'd say 90% of it, it's just a dumb, dumb, dumb comedy, which we knew it was going to be, right? But I can now confirm without a shadow of a doubt that yes, Team America World Police is a hundred times more offensive. (laughs) And in the end, they don't even assassinate him. Spoiler warning, I know. They shoot him with a tank. But he's shooting at them first, and I don't think that counts as an assassination. If you can, if you kill each other, if you kill each other in battle, it's different, right? True, and that's not really a spoiler because didn't that scene come out like before they even said, "Oh, just kidding, we're going to release the movie anyways." It was all over the internet. I've seen it. I I can't say I've seen that. I, I don't think I saw it in any trailers, but. Not no, it's not on any trailers. They released like a 30-second clip of his chopper getting blown up. Yeah. Um, so l- l- let's jump a headline here uh, because we-, we joked about this in weeks past that we should mail copies of the interview into North Korea. Evidently, someone else has been listening to our show and taking us a little too seriously because there is an activist in South Korea who is from North Korea. He's a defector. Um and he wants to use balloons to airdrop DVDs and USB copies of the interview. Now, there's a couple problems with this. One, an estimated oh, – what's the actual numbers here? Because uh, problem number one is that he's done this before with other things. And most of, them, most of the balloons don't make it through the demilitarized zone. But a few do. I mean, he said that they've had some go as far as Pyongyang, which is like 100 miles or something north, 125 miles from the border. So, mm-hmm. and, and North Korea does take this guy seriously. Um, uh, his name is, oh, geez, I just had it. Um, man. His last name's Park, I believe. I really suck at pa- this. Park saying hack. Thank you. Oh, I'm like that, scanning the hack? article. I just had it. Hack? He's a hacker. Uh, He's done this before, and uh, evidently North Korea takes him seriously enough. They tried to assassinate him, in fact. So so they take him seriously. But here's the second problem with this. Uh, Most people in North Korea don't have computers that can read USB drives. 
and most of them don't have DVD players. That's not me being racist. That's the truth. Like, many people don't have electricity. Ergo, uh, their new laptop isn't seeing a lot of action. (laughs) But it looks pretty on that shelf. Even if they did have a DVD player or a computer, there's no guarantee they'd know what to do with a DVD or a USB drive. Uh, Or even if they did, there's no guarantee they would, knowing full well that just watching this movie could lead to them and their entire family being shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because typically in in previous passes, or passes, I don't know, in previous balloon drop things, um, they they call it the Hermit Kingdom in this article, which I think is awesome. But he's dropped leaflets and, and, and like propaganda type material. Um, even dollar bills so that they can buy food on the black market. Uh, and so the DVDs and, and stuff seems like it's a little bit of a of a um, break from what he normally does. Do you know what this reminds me of? Years and years ago, when the U.S. invaded Afghanistan, we faced a really, really harsh problem on the ground. Not only was there insurgent fighting and the cave system and the highlands of Afghanistan, which were horrible for troops, horrible for communication, and horrible for our equipment, but on top of that, we faced a very, very, very staunch propaganda war against us from the Taliban. Um. Yeah, people just didn't like the U.S. They didn't trust us. Yeah, the Taliban were warlords, but it was all they ever knew. You know, better to have the devil you know than the devil you don't. And so to help combat this, the U.S. airlifted tons and tons and tons of food to Afghans all over the country, dropping it through a parachute drop. And there's a whole bunch of Afghan goat farmers and herders looking at a cup of ramen wondering, what the crap do I do with this? This isn't food. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of that same thing, you know? We're going to flood them with DVDs of this movie to all these people who might actually think that DVDs are sorcery, that move that motion pictures are actual wizardry. <laughs> this isn't what they're mirror. not. I don't know how to use this mirror. I can't <laughs> see the middle of my face. Well, the awesome thing about this is and I stand corrected. I guess uh, they said that normally each balloon is laden with USB sticks with Wikipedia entries, DVDs of popular TV shows, anti-government leaflets, and American dollar bills. So I was wrong. They have done this before, so maybe. But it's dropping in the DMZ. So, I mean, what's that? American soldiers are getting them. Um, but he says, <laughs> he says that I believe if we can get 100 times more balloons, then we will make Kim Jong-un paranoid. Isn't the dude, like, about the most paranoid person on the face of the earth? Let's make the schizophrenic paranoid person with his finger on nuclear launch codes even more paranoid. That can only end well. Yeah, I mean, I I find that absolutely hilarious, but it's terrifying at the same time. It's like going in and poking a bear that's hibernating. What do you expect to happen? Nothing good is going to come of that. That's why we need to poke him with the orbital laser that can actually beam the interview into the atmosphere, kind of Hunger Games style, so everyone <laughs> at night can watch it. It just have the the scene where he's dying just repeat over and over again. <laughs> actually, you need the scene where he's crying to Katy Perry's firework. <laughs> you know, I, I'm telling I you, there's some funny moments. I just envision that happening, and they're showing the scene up on the clouds, Hunger Games style, and all of a sudden it like skips a beat for a second, and then there's Batman symbol up there. 
And these are the tributes who died today. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, so moving on uh, into some more Sony news. And this is kind of a weird headline for us because it combines – it's like a Stolen Droids year one headline <laughs> because we have Sony Hack and BlackBerry in the same story. These guys have kept us in business for four years. <laughs> the only way this could get more retro is if Stark's phone was going on red alert right in the middle of it. Okay. Um, so evidently – during the Sony hack, when it became evident to them that they were not going to bounce right back from this, that things were down and they were having problems, they had to find a really good low-tech way that couldn't be hacked and didn't have access to any of their company resources and really was kind of useless but could still give them calls, which meant that their IT department had to go back and dig up the old Blackberries, which is kind of funny that they didn't like go to the 7-Eleven and buy a bunch of go phones. <laughs> you you say kind of funny. I'm like trying not to laugh my butt off right now. <laughs> I mean, this kind of makes me wonder uh, and then unwonder after I think it. But <laughs> is BlackBerry behind the hacks? Did they know <laughs> that they had a whole bunch of BlackBerry curves or BlackBerry bolds in the background and just itching to get them to pull them out or something? <laughs> I, I, I foresee this is going to be a whole new marketing campaign for BlackBerry, for the real minimalist hermit, okay? You want a 72-hour kit? Throw a BlackBerry in there. You want to have a bomb-proof you know, shelter in your backyard? Make sure there's BlackBerries in there. It's lower tech than a feature phone. <laughs> but it's secure, and it works. <laughs> it, it's, like, it's like the cell phone equivalent of those old rotary, you know, you actually have to spin it up to get the radio working. <laughs> That's hilarious. You, you have to have a. Yeah. You actually have to have a, a cadet next to you carry the radio pack for you to use it. <laughs> now, do we know that these were phones that they had on hand, or did BlackBerry kind of come in and say, "Hey, we see you've got a problem. We have billions of dollars of old inventory sitting in warehouses. How about we come to some sort of an agreement? Because that would be clever on BlackBerry's part." That would be clever. Um, it doesn't mention specifically in the article, but the uh, headline does allude to the fact that they were old, that they had them before and they just reinstated them. So, and you know, I just kind of answered my own question when I said it would be clever on BlackBerry's part because clever and BlackBerry just don't go together. Not lately, no. And not lately, not for like the last four years. <laughs> wasn't wasn't CEO Chen's idea? <laughs> be bold and be hacked. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I uh, I just love the headline. I, I know I've already said that. I know I'm just kind of repeating myself now, and that makes for terrible radio. But it just brings a real smile to my face. It's just so us. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Trying to keep it clean here. <laughs> Um, hey, let's but talk you about, all know what I'm thinking. Let's talk about some other hacks. Oh, before we move on, actually, a headline did come out this week, and it's not in our show notes, but it's just kind of an interesting by the way. Um, guess who else got threatened by the Guardians of Peace? CNN. Yeah. 
CNN was also threatened by the Guardians of Peace, CNN ignored them, and nothing happened to them, because nothing was capable of happening to CNN, because they actually protect their servers. Just saying. Just, just a thought, Sony. Funny how a little bit of security will go a long way, huh? It's called AVG. Look it up. It's the worst <laughs> antivirus on the planet, and it might still be better than what you have. Hey, that's what I use. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> All right. Um, also, up there, because it's a new week, it's a new hack. We're starting the year off just like the last three. Um, turns out that Anonymous may have been working on some other ones. Uh, they hit Twitch TV, Xbox Live Gamers, PlayStation Network, Amazon, Hulu, Plus, Dell, Walmart, EA Games, Brazzers, UFC, Ubisoft. It's 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 just a lot. Yeah. It it was Now there's they do mention that it's uh estimated only about 13,000 accounts were hacked. So um it's not every account on these services, but it is a lot enough to be uh, wary. So, if you have an account on any of these services, go ahead and change your password. You know, I'm I'm willing to bet that they didn't actually hack all these services, and this isn't me trying to call out anonymous as I've done in the past, but rather if they were able to get a lot of people's Xbox Live account information, think about it. Xbox Live is your email address and a password. That's really mm-hmm. all it is. Well, what are the chances you're also using that for your Amazon and your Twitch TV and your Hulu and everything else? I think it's very unlikely they were able to hack so many things at once, and much more likely they were able to hack one, pull the information, and then use it to cross-reference a whole bunch of other things. And this is a very common attack strategy. The uh, the iCloud picture leaks from a couple months ago of all those celebrities happened the same way. They didn't even hack the iCloud system. They hacked something else and got the iCloud usernames and passwords that way. That's a good so, point. Yeah, a lot of people do use the same password just for sake of conveniency um, or convenience. Um, so, yeah, that's don't use the same password for every account. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a no-brainer, but when it comes down to it, it's the easiest way to do it, so conveniency that's going to be our new show title all right <laughs> um yeah so like, like we said earlier thirteen thousand accounts chances are good they're counting all accounts hacked which means there's going to be some bleed over probably more likely they actually got three to four thousand individual accounts and some of those accounts had counterparts within hulu or amazon or walmart or ea etc etc um and here's what's worse, and we're going off on a tangent here, but I think it's a good one to make. I think a big problem with Xbox Live and PlayStation is the method of password. And I think it's one of the reasons we've seen so many hacks for it. Because if you think about it, the best way to enter a password onto Xbox Live is with a chat pad. If you don't know what that is, it means you don't have one, which means you're stuck entering in passwords with your thumbsticks, which takes for freaking ever. So what do people do? They make the simplest Save password... That- well, they save it, or they make the simplest password they can quickly enter with thumbsticks. One, two, which, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah, which is not very secure. So I think the game consoles and I think the game manufacturers need to find a better way to enter in credentials that is universally accepted, easier to enter from a game console, and more secure. Just a thought. Or 
sell their consoles with a chat pad. I mean, they they cost what thirty forty bucks, and not everyone buys them. Why not just bundle it with the console and I don't know, increase the price of the console a couple bucks? You know, biometric scanners on the underside of the controller. Yeah, but just that's, a thought. That's another issue. <laughs> well, they're like in Xbox's case. I mean, so many of them are coming now with the Connect Retina Scan, man. There you go. <laughs> just use the Connect for Retina scanning. <laughs> Please stare awesome. at this laser. That would be. We can awesome. make it like a game. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, hey, speaking of another type of hack, this one more of a life hack. I loved hearing about this, and then I got very, very angry when I heard what was happening. A 22-year-old exposed a hidden city method of hacking airlines. In case you haven't heard about this this week, it's a really cool idea. And an example they use here in the article is, say, for instance, Zoner wants to go to Paris. And so he spends, let's just say, $1,000 to fly to Paris. Schmitty also wants to go to Paris, but he doesn't have $1,000 to fly there. So instead, he books a flight to Dubai for $500. But Dubai has a layover in Paris. So he just takes the layover, gets off there, and doesn't take the final leg on to Dubai. The reason this is is because Dubai is a much less popular destination, and so the airlines don't charge as much. It's called hidden city ticketing. That's how I get to Paris. (laughs) (laughs) But And here's the thing. It's not illegal. But you can imagine they're not happy about it. And this week, United Airlines and Orbitz are suing him. Well, so they're not suing him for the fact that he did this. But he created a website that um, allows others to easily do it. Exactly. So other people are saving thousands and thousands of dollars through his website. That's what they're not happy about. So. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. There is, uh, as best I can tell, and I don't work in the airline industry, and if someone does out there and wants to correct me, I I welcome it. But as best I can tell, there is one major reason why you shouldn't do this, one legitimate major reason, and that is flight manifests. Okay? Um, When they sell a certain amount of tickets, the airline expects how heavy a plane will be, how many people are on it, how much luggage is there. If anything should happen to that flight, they need to know who was on it. And that's all done through flight manifests. Now, technically, if you didn't show up to get onto the plane, they shouldn't have logged you as there. And so if the plane goes down, they should know you didn't die. I'm saying should a lot here because, again, I don't work in the airline industry and it may not work that way. But that is a legitimate concern. You know, they they need to be able to track these things. That's why it's there. And if suddenly Schmitty got off the plane in Paris, they don't know if he ever made it onto Dubai or not. That being no. said, that's the only reason I can think of. The only the other concern I can think of is that you can only do this with carry-on luggage. If you have any luggage that you give to them to put in their undercarriage, they transfer that to the other to the other plane to the connecting flight, and you never see that. If you get up in Paris. Your luggage goes to Dubai. You only have your carry-on luggage with you. So I didn't think about that. Unless you switch airlines. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Which sometimes happens if you're connecting onto an international from one carrier to another. Uh, but but again, no, you're right. That is also something to consider. Um, 
which is actually kind of a scary thought if you think about it. If you wanted to send something onto another flight that you were on, but then get off, and I hope I, no, the NSA is now going to come raiding through my door at this instant. If, if, if they haven't come by now, Zook, they're not. Coming. If I'm going to Paris, I can't survive on just carry-on luggage. Let's just say that. <laughs> but you know, the man burns through because- underwear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And porcelain toilets. True story. See pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> the, the interesting thing about this, though, and this happens all the time when, you know, there's some sort of controversy or whatnot. Skiplagged.com, which is the website that, that um, this dude created, has a sign up, at, has a banner up at the top of their page saying, we're experiencing higher than normal traffic. The fact that they're getting, that they're suing this guy, they're sending everybody to his site. And everybody is now aware of the fact that this site exists for the sole purpose of people being able to save money. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what would have been a better idea, Orbitz? Buy him out. Buy the site. Pay him twenty five grand. Buy the site. People go to skip lag trying to find cheaper flight. And guess what? They're booking through you anyway. But no, you had to bow to pressure from United. Now, here's what's interesting. I totally agree with this guy. A price of a plane ticket shouldn't be based upon how popular the destination is. It should be based upon distance. It should be de- based upon um, how many people are going. It should Full be cost. based upon, yeah, um, does it cost to land at that airport? Is it one of your hubs or are you using uh, an affiliate? I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. Are you going east or west? Because, you know, headwinds actually go into it. There's a lot that goes into the pricing scheme, more than I will ever claim to know. But popularity shouldn't be part of it. In fact, going to a more popular destination should actually cost less because there's more people on board to share the cost of fuel. Well, and they can fly more times back and forth between those popular destinations as well. And you make up the price and volume. It's it's the Walmart model. Yeah. I mean, you sell a ton of crap and you make the money up. Probably more like Costco, but yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah. No, I, it, it, it blows my mind that this is something that people are fighting over. But then again, airlines have a long, long, glorious history of fighting over stupid things and losing. Just a history lesson for you guys. Airlines originally fought the use of metal detectors in airports because they didn't want to inconvenience their passengers and make them think like there was any danger. They weren't actually ins- they weren't actually installed into airports until after uh, the hostage crisis during the Olympics back in the eighties. Interesting. That was actually not during the eighties. Was that during the seventies? I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it was before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> it was the pre-Zook era. Pre- yeah, the pre-Zook but, era. <laughs> the interesting thing now, though, is the airlines seem all about inconveniencing you and then charging you a convenience fee for that inconvenience. <laughs> kind of like Ticketmaster. Yes. You know, for only 47 extra dollars, we'll give you the extra large rectal probe. It's a class two upgrade and it gives you extra miles on your frequent flyer card, which you can't use during weekends or weekdays. <laughs> Unfortunately, you'll need to wear a diaper on the plane to keep everything. In. Only when a blue moon occurs on a leap day. I feel like we're doing Adam Baldwin's job on like those those MasterCard or whatever the Capital One card commercials where he's talking about blackout no, not, dates. Not Adam Baldwin, oh, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. 
One of the Baldwins. They're all Baldwins. <laughs> Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> Can you imagine Big Adam difference. Baldwin on a Capital One commercial? That'd be scary. <laughs> Why are you flying? Yeah, he's given- Walk like a man. <laughs> he, he's given me that look. I, I would sign up for a Capital One card if he told me to. <laughs> Well, uh, this has been a fun episode. We're halfway through, and we're not even halfway through our list. Okay, let's uh, let's get back on here. Google has announced uh, their Project Zero. Uh, I think I'm getting that right. Um, announced yeah. it. It's been a while, around for a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been around for a while. But but what it means is that they're going to help try and find bugs in other people's software as much as they find bugs in their own. They will then give that software publisher what is it ninety days. Yeah, so 90, 90 days to fix it before they go and publish it. Well, Microsoft found out the hard way this week that they weren't kidding because Google just published a bug in Windows 8.1 security. Uh, it allows lower-level users to become an administrator. They gave all the details on how to do it, all the coding, everything. Here's where I don't like this. I mean, I like I, I get what they're trying to do, they're trying to force companies' hands into doing it, and we don't have all the information. Um, it's very possible Microsoft just completely ignored the warning, and they weren't going to do anything about it, kind of Apple-style there, in which case I totally get why why Google just said, okay, fine, and released it. Okay, So th- that point to Google. On the other hand, we also don't know if Microsoft was working on a fix and they simply couldn't get one out in 90 days. It may have been a really complex problem. Yeah, we, we, well, we, we don't know. What it, what it seems like is, I mean, the the exploit itself is, um, I mean, you, the, the hacker would have to have valid login credentials and be able to log on locally to, to the targeted machine. So that limits, that already limits who can hack into the computer. Um, to, you have to have physical access and have the login credentials of a user on that machine or the domain in that in in the case of a domain. But um, so I wonder if it was just a low uh, priority for Microsoft to fix. They're always fixing security bugs, so I I can't I can't uh, assume that Google or that Microsoft didn't just didn't want to fix it. I assume that they have higher priority things that they're fixing before this because it doesn't seem like something that they needed to fix right away it's not their mo is it no well you know i see this as being something that would be exploited by the dude who's working graveyard shift doing tech support at the isp that doesn't have admin rights on his machine that wants to go to blocked websites at two in the morning yeah yeah that's that's who i see exploiting this i mean the the limitations on the exploit itself are such that it's not real feasible for me to try and exploit it at you know Citibank or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're not well, going to be ex- using this to get you know into company information or anything. You're going to be using this to get around your company's global policy to go to websites you shouldn't. Or to- well, and I'm going to correct both of you there. Here's where I here's where I put down my podcast host hat and I put on my IT. Um, uh, my network administrator hat, and here's the the truth of it: this exploit doesn't get you anything more than administrative privileges on the local machine, right. which means you can install software, and that's it. Because yep. even if you wanted to browse 
um, other websites, if your network administrator knows what they're doing, and hopefully they do, that's not blocked on a computer level. That's blocked on a network level. And this hopefully. doesn't, yeah. yeah, this doesn't give <laughs> yeah, them hopefully. network admin credentials. Now, yes, that does not necessarily mean there's no warning. There's no threat. There's a big threat because they could install some pretty malicious software on there if they wanted to, software that does affect the network. But I think Schmidty's right. I mean, we've talked about it before. Microsoft has a security department the size of some companies. They work on these patches all day long, day in, day out, 365. It's very possible they just didn't – it wasn't high on their – it wasn't high on their docket. Now, it's also fair that they never told Google that, and Google simply didn't know if Microsoft was doing anything. Yeah. I just I have a real mixed feeling about Google trying to play police to the rest right. of the world in their software. Yeah. Well, in their 90-day policy, and they never said, you know, you have 90 days to start working on this. They say you have 90 days to release a fix for it. So, yeah, even if Microsoft started on day one and it's taken them more than 90 days to fix – it's you know google has no way of knowing so or caring evidently or caring yeah and so i yeah, yeah. I, i'm with you on this one I, I don't think it was right for google to release the vulnerability but on the other hand i i do like that that they're working on on making software safer for it, more secure so yeah twofold <laughs> zonor looks yeah, like he's ready to know, say something yeah, reading the comments on that article, it seems like there's a lot of Google hate going around. <laughs> uh, people people don't like that Google is doing this. Well, and I, I, it, I'm with you guys. I can see why. It's it's, it's that self... Google. Okay, the, the whole... Going back to a previous joke in the show, the Team America World Police. It's the same reason that why people around the world didn't like America during... Uh, um, George W. Bush's administration is because we kind of gave off that that vibe of we're the self-appointed protectors of everything, and that we've been doing that for oh, years. Oh, I know, though. I know. But and then it was the British before us. Humans, as a general species, don't like that when some other power, be it your neighbor or your neighboring country or a software giant in California, come out of nowhere and just say, "Oh, guess what? You have to follow my rules now." We, we, as a species, we just don't really like that. I think that's why it kind of, you know, it, it hits a nerve. But I'm trying to see it from Google's point of view, too, like Schmidt is. These vulnerabilities need to be addressed, and they need to be fixed. Just, I don't know, maybe Google could loosen up some guidelines or add some exemptions or something. Yeah, I don't know. As it is, it almost feels like blackmail. Yeah. Well, and so Project Zero has been around since I think July of 2014, or maybe a little bit before that. And this is the biggest um, vulnerability that they have that that they've brought to light. Um, All the other ones either either have been fixed by by the companies that that, uh, were in charge of fixing them, or they're just low level vulnerabilities or, or software that no one cares about. So. This is just the only one that has, you know, <laughs> caused some ruffling of feathers. So, yeah, they're doing some good things. Either they're, way, uh, they are. I won't. Yeah. I won't deny that. Uh, we're skipping our next headline because it's kind of cool, but it's not confirmed yet, and we'll know more about it in a couple of weeks. Uh, every year, Apple always leads in the polls for the most satisfied cell phone users or smartphone users, and we always attribute this to the cult of Mac. 
you know, the the cultists, the Apple fanboys. Well, guess what? It's flipped. Apple's satisfaction levels in the most recent polls dropped a couple points, and Samsung's went up. Now, this article is quick to point out that that may actually be because of Lollipop. Lollipop is freaking awesome. It's a huge upgrade in terms of uh, uh, of Android. I'm rocking a Lollipop ROM right now that's a nightly build. It's an alpha. It's not even stable, and I'll still take it over <laughs> over any previous Android. But the point is, is that Samsung users have rated them higher, more satisfied with their products than Apple users are now of theirs. So that's kind of a crazy switch. We, I never thought we'd ever see that. Yeah, well, I, I kind of wonder if, I mean, we, we saw that, you know, about the beginning of last year, Samsung taking over in market share over Apple. Um, and so it, I wonder if it's just a numbers game at this point where there are so many more Samsung users than Apple that it just plays out that you know there are more satisfied customers with Samsung. But but then you look at this year you had iOS 8 release and unlike any other iOS release iOS 8 was taken on by a lot of distaste from Apple users. <laughs> oh yeah, they hated it. I mean, if you're to believe the news reports, they hated it. Yeah. And um and and not not just on the mobile front, but also uh, what was it, Mavericks? That had a load of issues too. So I mean, Mac it's or Apple itself is uh, taking a dive in more ways than one. So mm-hmm. there's that to take into account too. Now, uh, uh, last question for you both of you here before we move on: Are we going to be looking in five years and lamenting those Samsung fanboys the same way we did about Apple fanboys for the last three? Probably, and with a twist of irony, we'll be saying, oh, those those Samsung fanboys, they don't know what they're missing with BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Colin? We're coming for you, <laughs> your galaxy. <laughs> See, I'm not a huge Samsung fanboy, per se, but I acknowledge the fact that they've made some pretty good hardware. I got a Galaxy Tab 4 for Christmas, and my only complaint is that I got the 8-gig version, and 8 gig is not sufficient. Not sufficient. No, you don't the, have your Nexus anymore? No, I still have that. Um, but even with a 32 gig SD card, you can't move everything over anymore like you used to be able to in the gingerbread era. Yeah. And so, you know, you fill up 8 gigs really fast, especially with all the Samsung bloatware. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it's good hardware, it's yeah. good software. And, you know, they've had a few missteps. You know, I saw something over the last couple of weeks where some chick had her S5 explode under her pillow while she was sleeping, which is stupid in and of itself. But <laughs> who sleeps with their phone under their pillow? Apparently. She had the hand grenade app running. You're not supposed yeah. to leave that running overnight. Everyone knows that. It's a timer. <laughs> but, but, you know, and I've heard more complaints about the S4, the Galaxy S4, than good stuff about it from actual people who own one but i've heard nothing but good about the s5 the s3 i think was a perfect phone you know samsung is good so Mm -hmm. but there i i think that we will start to see the the fanboy irritation set in yeah like we Uh, did with apple uh, moving through the last ones we're kind of leaving tech but not before we talk about this really cool watch upgrade uh there's a watch company you may not know called mont blanc um they're they're kind of right below Citizen, right above Timex. Um, I thought but, they made fountain pens. 
they, they make a lot of watch manufacturers actually also make pens. It's a, it's a common thing, believe it or not. But they introduced a new smart device that may help bridge the gap between really nice watches and smart watches because I want a smart watch for its features, but I don't want to lose my nice citizen, right? And a lot of people are the same way. And a lot of watch manufacturers don't want to have to suddenly jump over to the smart device era. Uh, Schmidty actually sent this to me today, and I just think it's genius. It's Yeah, it's the most brilliant idea I've seen this year. Well, okay, it's only been two days into this year. But instead of being a smartwatch, you replace your band with a smart band, giving your current timepiece uh, all the functionality of a smartwatch, but it's on your band now. So, like Duke said, he doesn't have to give up his citizen, but now he can get notifications on his wrist. Uh, It's also a pedometer. Um, This particular version looks a little clunky, but I only imagine they'll get better. And And in case you're wondering how that works, imagine your face is on the outside of your wrist. It's on the upper part. And the smart notification area is where your clasp clasp would normally be on the inside of your wrist. So, I mean, I just – I think it's really cool. I hope they get a better display. I would almost like to see the the Samsung Galaxy Fit – is that what it is? That'd look nice. Yeah, yeah. the fit on the, the inside of my... The gear fit. Yes, you're right. The gear fit on the inside of the band and my normal watch on the outside. I think that'd just be awesome. That would look nice. Um, in kind of a really interesting... Well, let's skip to the next one because it's kind of tech hardware. Uh, Elon Musk has said that, hey, by the way, if you own a Tesla, we're going to be giving you an upgrade. And just to me, the idea of upgrading your car is still kind of a novelty, sweet thing. And novelty is now also a word. We'll add that into the headline. Um, uh, but uh, they are going to update the Tesla S, the Model S. Uh, they have new tires. They have new aerodynamic packages to add on there, new spoilers, new batteries, and a whole bunch of things that's supposed to increase the range of the vehicle. Nice. The idea of buying a service pack for your car seems really bizarre to me, but I don't dislike it. No, this is... Uh, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he is awesome. And to say, to understand why Schmidt and I are saying he's awesome, and I'm sure Zahner is, is kind of towards that area as well. Say you buy a 2015, I don't know, Mercedes, okay? And you love it. But then the 2016 comes out and it has some new features. And, oh, man, you're locked into a five-year loan and you just bought this thing. But you want the new features. Well, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you could upgrade your car's software or firmware or whatever to have some of those new features? He's basically turning cars into almost smartphones, if you think about it. (laughs) I just think it's cool. Um, moving back to that headline we skipped over, uh, the U.S. Army has a lot of positions that you may not consider. Uh, if you're one of our Army listeners, one of our Armed Forces ones, I'm sure I'm not surprising you any here, but you have cooks, okay? You have orderlies. You have chaplains. You have a whole infrastructure that aren't actually frontline troops or pilots or whatever. One of those divisions, and it's growing rapidly in the military, are the cyber warriors, the uh, the cyber services, people who do cyber attacks or defend against cyber attacks. And I think the Army has finally caught on that you probably can't be a level 10 Linux paladin and also able to run a four-minute mile. I mean, the two are not really compatible lifestyles. I was actually thinking about that when they, before this article came out. 
I want to be part of the cyber division, but I can't go through basic training. I would die. <laughs> I actually, How many of these people have asthma? I actually considered that. There was quite a while where I was looking at uh, joining the Air Guard because the Air Guard is, uh, are the ones who are in charge of cyber division. They're, they're the cybersecurity force of America. It's, it's handled by the Air Force. Except for the fact that I'm 33. There's no way I could pass basic combat training. <laughs> you know, out of, I'm the oldest out of the three of us, and I think I'm probably the only one that has a fighting chance of surviving basic. Oh, yeah. You'd last twice as long before you dropped dead. <laughs> I, I would. I would. Eyesight. You have to have perfect eyesight, don't you? Yeah, and I'm pretty blind as it is. <laughs> Plus, I got flat feet and shin splints. But so they still run every day. So they're actually looking at exempting certain positions, certain posts, certain you know duties from the combat training portion of basic. Which, nice. on one hand, if you're in a war zone at all, it helps to know how to shoot a gun and, and strip a rifle and whatnot. But on the other hand, if you're basically a government hacker, you shouldn't be in the front lines of a war zone. Yeah. You can do this from your brother's basement. You could you could VPN in. You're doing it between bouts of Halo. You know, I keep envisioning just you, the three nerds from that episode where Homer goes to college of The Simpsons. Uh, that's who I envision as the army or the military cyber division. Just nice. those three guys. Well, okay. Again, I'm giving something else away. But when uh, in the interview when they authorize a drone strike into North Korea, they're showing like these really highly trained people putting together a drone's delivery package and launching it from a nearby site in South Korea. And then suddenly it whooshes over into North America. And there's like this 16 year old wearing army fatigues in a bunker, drinking Mountain Dew, flying the drone. <laughs> and it's like, yep, that's uh, that's scarily accurate right now. <laughs> so um, in other kind of hardware news, I guess we didn't really leave tech behind. Uh, the Opportunity rover, who has been up on Mars for 10 years. This poor little thing was supposed to only be there for three months and has been operating for 10 years, has finally started to have some breakdowns. The flash memory on board is becoming corrupted, and as a result, the rover is becoming forgetful. It will write data to its flash drive, go to upload it, realize it can't read it, reboot itself and reset and then have to go through everything again to get the data. All this data. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the reason this is in here and the reason this is cool is because I kind of hero worship NASA because these guys are insane. You guys remember that uh, space probe that was launched in like this in the seventies that mm -hmm. um, they had to rewrite the software for remotely. Yeah. What they're going to do here is they're going to, uh, tell Opportunity to skip those blocks of memory, reformat, and rewrite only using the good memory. <laughs> All from awesome. another planet. On 10-year-old well, hardware. You know, I, I don't know if they have to do this remotely, because according to John Lear, we have people on Mars that, that go around fixing rovers. The guy's an idiot. I was actually, I was actually <laughs> just going to say, are we certain that it's the hardware failing and not a Martian going up, just hitting the reset switch every... <laughs> Ooh, on switch. Flip, flip, flip. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I just think it's so awesome that they were able to put so much design and thought into these 
devices they sent up, they can still do this, and then people wonder why we need NASA. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. It's just, yeah. You know, imagine what they could have done if they actually had resources. Okay. Um, an interesting headline came out on the Huffington Post. Zonar, I think you put this one in. I did. This is actually sent to us by Stark. Uh, <laughs> this is the most misleading headline I've ever seen in my life. I know. I read this and I was just kind of like, huh? Yeah. Uh, the headline says police dogs can now sniff out child porn. Which apparently smells different than regular porn, or even like a different from a newspaper. There's kind of a baby I, powder scent to it. I I guess I don't know. It smells like Pampers, but yeah, really, what it what it boils down to is police dogs in New England are being trained to sniff out hardware, computer hard drives, things of that nature, as so, opposed to child. Porn. So, you know, like cell phones and the computer in your car and maybe your laptop, a smartwatch. Is it a computer? No, it's another toaster. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I, I don't know how I feel about this, you know, and they say in the article, of course, not every memory card or hard drive contains child pornography. You think <laughs> you're going to ruin some poor dog's life? The poor thing is going to have to be retired early to some farm where it's just freaking out every time the TV turns on because it's smelling the circuitry warm up. Child work? Child work. They, they say, um, police say that hard drives containing illicit material are often hidden away from suspects' computers. And they smell differently. Uh, I, that might I, actually not be... I don't even know how be, to respond to this. I don't mean to be lewd, but there is a chance it does smell differently. <laughs> and I don't want to say because of what's on it, but maybe because of what's on it. It smells similar to a remote control in a hotel room. Uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay, sausage. <laughs> you had to break out the sausage on that. I, I, so Gorilla Grodd, he's an interesting guy. We were going well for 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I was the guy who helped facilitate the descent. Yeah. Lego came out with some new sets this week. It's, uh, well, last week, if you're listening to us now. Uh, but January 1st, Lego came out with a bunch of new sets. And I got my new Lego catalog in the mail uh, Wednesday, I believe. Uh, because, yeah, I get a Lego catalog. But one of the sets that they have is actually really awesome. It has Wonder Woman's Invisible Jet, which is made with clear Lego pieces. And this set contains uh, a Batman like mech suit, the Flash, Captain Cold minifigures, and a Gorilla Grodd minifigure that's like three times the size of the other minifigs. It's Awesome. Yeah, I still don't. I just don't know what you're talking about. I don't see Wonder Woman's jet. I just see her sitting there. In but Gorilla Grodd. What I assume is her jet. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. That is pretty and cool. They've actually got a set. I think it's an older set with Dark Side, and Dark Side's just massive as well. Um, but yeah, there's there's so there's some new Lego sets out right now. If you're into Legos. You definitely want to check them out because there's some really cool stuff out there. Um, our last headline leads us to a really, really disgusting and kind of dark place. Because <laughs> we haven't been there tonight. <laughs> if you're vegan, but you miss the taste of cheese, there's a way to go about getting it. 
and it involves using human DNA. Mm-hmm. Evidently, they mm-hmm. found a, a, a company called iGem uh, found a way to make cheese proteins using genetic sequences found in mammals. Um, what they do is they insert DNA into yeast, uh, which is, which creates a kind of cheese curd that's considered vegan compatible because it lacks animal products. Here's what I want to know, okay? Yeast is a plant, or it's a bacteria, so it counts as vegan, but isn't human DNA considered animal? I would think. So it's okay to eat us, but not a... And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to troll here. I know it's not like they're lopping off an arm and shoving it into this stuff. You know? <laughs> But somehow I think this is a bit of a perversion of the idea of veganism. Uh, anyway, they're trying to make actual cheese using this. Um, and they're using human DNA, hoping that the cheese will be more compatible uh, with more people and not have the allergic reactions that, uh, that, that cow-based uh, milk does now. All I we'll know a is a different allergic reaction. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I have an allergic reaction eating someone else's hair in this cheese. I just ew. The the only thing that I could think of when I was reading this article is Soylent Green is people. <laughs> in the quiet That's all I could think of. In the quiet words of Jimmy Fallon, ew. ew. <laughs> Except Zoner Soylent Green was nutritious. This doesn't look or sound nutritious. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's some nutritional value. I bet it helps you poop like crazy. <laughs> it's human-based styrofoam <laughs> packing peanuts is what it is. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Okay, so we've offended people. We've gone nostalgic and retro. We've sniffed out child porn and made people into cheese. You know, really, some people I know, you just don't, you just don't let them shower for a week, and you've got human-based cheese right there. 2015 is going to be an awesome year for Stolen Drake Podcast. I can already tell. <laughs> I went right there. Okay, into our favorites. Uh, my favorite this week comes from Marvel. Uh, by the time you hear this episode, you may have actually seen the real trailer, but if you'd want a sneak peek at Ant-Man, they released an ant-sized trailer. Now, truly, I don't think this is quite accurate, because if it, if I was an ant watching this, this would be the equivalent of a 20-foot screen trailer but i think it's still pretty cool and it shows that the guys at marvel one can do no wrong because we'll just buy anything they give us and two have really developed a good sense of humor you should check it out if you haven't already (laughs) Uh, my favorite is uh dc related um it is uh before the show is honor uh we we, uh we convene on on uh google hangouts and so we can see each other he stood up and showed us his new pajamas that he got for christmas right Yep, um, and it is a full Batman suit with a cape and matching slippers. Uh, now I want to get one of these because he says they're really warm, and I'm cold. They right are now. really warm. <laughs> so that's that's my favorite for this week. Thank you, Zoner. You're very welcome. They also come in a Superman variety or variant, rather. And yes, they're freaking awesome, and I have no shame wearing them. I think that's saying something about you at night that uh, I'd rather not I hear. I have no shame wearing these. I will just leave it at that. <laughs> My favorite this week is a title that I picked up during the Steam Winter Sale called Banished. It's a city builder. Um, it's a lot of fun. And I got to tell you, I am, I'm pretty addicted to it. I've spent a lot of hours on it this week. Uh, mostly at night or during the day when my wife has been at work. But um, 
you just go in, you start off with 10 or 20 people and you have to build a city. You have to build a community out in the middle of nowhere. And it is a ton of fun. If you like games like SimCity uh, or other city builders, then give Banished a try. You, you'll probably enjoy it. Very cool. Well, that is our show, our first show of 2015, and I hope it was as good for you as it was for us to make. That sounded cheesy. Uh, special thanks again to all of our friends out there. <laughs> Write us feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call at 801-917-GEEK. Until next time, cheers. End of line. Good day. Is that cheesy hum- human DNA cheesy? This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.